Welcome to Married by Design. Do you struggle with letting go of past offenses and the things that your spouse has said or done? Do you tend to stew over those things and see that it affects your relationship? That's what we're going to be looking at on this this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God desires for them in the marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design. We've been looking at how to resolve conflict in your marriage. We've discussed the need to cool down, look at your faults, and confess your logs or sins. This week, we're looking at the area of forgiveness. Forgiveness is essential in any relationship and necessary in order to move past conflict. And yet, it seems so often that couples live in bitterness and anger and are not willing to forgive. Why don't we forgive? There are a number of reasons why we don't forgive. True. We can find ourselves so focused on the offense and what was done to us that we have a hard time letting go. Yeah, we begin to ruminate on the offense and go over it in our minds, and it begins to captivate our minds and our heart. It's very hard to let go of the resentment and hurt when somebody sins against us. We feel that if, they, if we forgive them, then there will be no consequences for the things that were done to us. We can believe that it's our responsibility to punish our spouse, and we think that by keeping back forgiveness, they are being punished. We can give them the silent treatment or press hard on them and punish them in other ways. We can be in a place where we believe that by withholding forgiveness, we are holding their feet to the fire, and it's the only way to actually get them to change. The results of lack of forgiveness are usually obvious. There's hostility in the relationship, and with every argument, past offenses are brought up as ammunition to use against the other person. There is bitterness, which makes closeness and intimacy in the relationship strained or non-existent. It also affects your relationship with God, because refusing to forgive someone is disobedience to Him. And disobedience hinders our prayers and our ability to see and hear God at work in our lives. We also need to realize that if we don't forgive, we are the ones that suffer. Someone has said, To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Do you realize that not forgiving someone leaves you bitter and resentful, not them? We've all known bitter people who spend all their time fuming over the wrongs done to them. They are unpleasant and miserable people that no one enjoys being around. Their unforgiveness has left them miserable, not the people who wronged them. Yes, and unforgiveness and the related resentment and anger strangle the life out of our relationship. The consequences are serious, and we need to seriously look at our own hearts as to whether we are quick to forgive or we live in bitterness. We need to understand that if we rightly see the gospel as a way that God has forgiven us by laying our sins on Christ on the cross— we should deeply appreciate and follow that example of forgiveness that we have enjoyed from God. There's a parable in the Gospels Jesus tells about an unforgiving servant. It's found in Matthew chapter 18. Peter asked the Lord, How often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? 
It seems that probably Peter was expecting Jesus to talk about some limit to the number of times that we would forgive somebody, especially in view of the fact that it's assumed that if a person repeats the same offense more than once, they're really not serious about change. Jesus answered him, I say, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. This is an incredible call to grant forgiveness, even in the face of repeated offenses. I don't think Jesus meant we are to forgive someone 490 times. He was saying that we just need to keep forgiving. He then launches into the parable and challenges Peter and us to think about our attitude toward forgiveness. He tells the story of a servant who had been forgiven a great debt and then would not forgive another person of a much smaller debt. Jesus said in verse 32, Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? The message is clear and very strong. If we really understand what we have been forgiven of in Christ, we should easily, unsparingly, and completely forgive those that sin against us. Mark this parable in your thinking the next time that somebody does something to you. It's at that point you need to step back and remember how much you have been forgiven in Christ. Really spending time thinking on the gracious and boundless extent of the forgiveness we have received should make it easier to forgive others. It's time for our 15-second shameless plug. Joe and I have been involved in counseling for a long time. Our heart's desire is to help couples that are struggling in their, rela- in their relationships so that they would become all that God intends them to be. If you're struggling in your marriage, consider contacting us by email. We would love to give you some input to set you in the right direction or possibly meet with you for formal counseling. And now back to the show. Let's look in detail at exactly what it means to forgive somebody. The first thing to understand is that forgiveness is not a feeling. Often people will think that they cannot forgive somebody if they're still upset or they're hurt about what has happened. This cannot be further from the truth. We are called over and over to forgive. One example is in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other as God has forgiven you. Notice again that our forgiveness is to follow the example of the way that we've been forgiven in Christ, but also notice that it's a command. We are told to do that regardless of what we think or the way we feel. Forgiveness is a choice. We haven't forgiven somebody when we move past the emotion of the offense. We have forgiven somebody when we've made a commitment to do three things. It's important to note these three things, and at the time that you have been offended or sinned against, that you make a choice to do these three things. First, to forgive means you're committing to not think about it. You cannot move on in a relationship if you're so focused on the offense. To move past it means that you are committed to not focus on it in your mind, your thinking. Bitterness comes in when we focus on that one offense and it begins to consume us. Right. Second, forgiveness means that you're committing not to talk to anybody else about the offense. There's no place for gossiping to your parents or other friends about the things that your spouse has done. There's no place for slander in a relationship. 
It is of no benefit to complain to others about what has happened, and it does not help your own heart. That just feeds the bitterness and anger. The third aspect of forgiveness is to not bring it up with the person who has offended you. Because we have been forgiven through Jesus Christ, God never again brings up what he has forgiven us for. And this is an important aspect of forgiveness. The conflict is perpetuated when we continually bring up issues from the past into the present. This adds fuel to the fire of the argument as we use past offenses as weapons. If you commit to not bring up the offense to the person you forgave, it takes all those offensive missiles away from your argument. Then all that you're able to discuss are the present issues. Think about this. How much of your present arguments relate to things that have been done in the past, and how much is just focused on the present issue? If your arguments are typical of most couples, probably about 80 to 90% relates to offenses from the past that should have been forgiven. There's also some key things to remember related to forgiveness. First, forgiveness is a choice. Again, you have to understand that it's not a one-time choice, but an ongoing moment-by-moment choice to follow those three aspects of forgiveness. Forgiveness also is not approving of what happened. It's cultivating a heart that does not punish the offender. You can leave God to work on their heart, and He will bring them to account for what they've done much better than you can. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that you trust them. Trust may take some time to earn back after what has happened. Forgiveness means that we are not going to allow those offenses to come between you and and that person. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Forgiveness does not mean ignoring what was done or putting a false label on an evil act. It means rather that the evil act no longer remains as a barrier to the relationship. Forgiveness is a catalyst creating the atmosphere necessary for a fresh start and a new beginning. This is what we see in the cross. Even when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He took our sins on the cross to forgive us and remove the barrier in the relationship so that we can have that new relationship with Him through forgiveness. So, when we ask forgiveness, what does that look like in practice? You should not say, I'm sorry, because you're not accepting responsibility for your sin. You should ask forgiveness for a specific sin. For example, I was wrong to shout at you and call you unkind names. Will you forgive me? It also means not adding anything to the request for forgiveness or excusing or blaming the other person for your sin. It's just acknowledging your guilt and asking the other person to forgive you. So you would not say, I'm sorry, I yelled and called you names, but you just made me so mad. That's excusing your sins and blaming it on the other person. What is needed is a clear, humble admission of guilt and a seeking of forgiveness. We're going to give you homework sometimes, and it's going to be very hard. This may be one of those homeworks that's hard to forgive. But if you're going to move forward in a relationship that you have with your spouse and bring healing you need to work at applying this truth. Your application this week is for the two of you to ask forgiveness for any sins or offenses that have not been taken care of, and also to choose to forgive each other on a moment-by-moment basis. Let me just pray for you. 
Father, I just thank you for each person that is listening to this, God. And in the relationship, if there's a root of bitterness, if there's a struggle with past offenses, I pray that you would help them to see and understand the beauty and the the grace of forgiveness and that you would give them the ability to forgive and let these things go so that they can move on in the relationship. We just thank you for that, Lord. We ask you to work in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. And if you have questions or comments or suggestions, make sure that you email us. Our email address is marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. And we want to encourage you to let other people know about this podcast. Next week on Married by Design, we're continuing to look at resolving conflict. And the next thing that we'll look at is repentance. This is the way that we really, once we've cleared out all the issues, that the relationship can really begin to change. So we look forward to being with you next time on Married by Design. Thank you.